You are listening to the Grow Law Firm Podcast, where each guest shares actionable, practical ideas with you on how to get more clients, expand your reach, and grow your law firm's revenue and profit. Here's your host, Sasha Burson. Welcome to Grow Law Firm Podcast. I have an amazing guest here with me today, Lauren Lester. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Here's the reason why I so wanted to have you here. You have done something that most attorneys I wish would do, but almost none of them do it. And that is you're very transparent about your pricing. It's all right there on your website. And I find it so incredibly refreshing because I think 99.9% of all law firms do not have that. And as a consumer, whenever I'm looking for a lawyer, guess what I'm concerned about? Pricing. Why did you decide to post your pricing and how did you even make this decision? When I opened my law firm, I did it right out of law school um, and I had a business background. So I went to law school to be my own boss and have my own business. And when I graduated and passed the bar and was looking at actually opening this business, I looked around like I think most attorneys do to see what is everyone else doing in the practice. And I tried to start replicating that. And I had a moment one day thinking about how traditional attorneys work. And I thought, I can't be a client of this law firm that I'm putting together. I can't go to someone and say, hey, I'm going through this really difficult legal process. And they ask me for thousands of dollars. Don't tell me what the total cost is going to be. Like, I have no idea where the end point is. That felt very scary to me thinking about being a consumer in that space. And so I thought, okay, how can I build a law firm that I would feel comfortable being a consumer of that I would want to call up and say, hey, I have this legal problem. Can you help me and feel a lot better about pricing? Because you're right. I think the legal profession in general is known for being pretty expensive, But for most folks, expensive is a big range, right? For some people, expensive is $1,000. For some people, expensive is $100,000. So being able to actually provide real numbers to consumers so that they could decide for themselves, is this something that's going to work with me, was just really important, thinking about myself being a consumer. Good for you. Do you ever talk to other attorneys who know what you have done and they are just bewildered by what you have done? And do they ever like model your behavior, your approach, or do they shy away from it? I'd say that the vast majority of them think I'm crazy. And, you know, it is a different approach. It's not sort of what's for the last several decades been what the profession does. But I have put together kind of the process that I fumbled my way through and did a lot of trial and error and actually co-authored the pricing toolkit, which is available for free for attorneys at thepricingtoolkit.com. And we actually put together a system, a four-step approach to come up with value-based pricing that was predictable and transparent to the consumer. And so attorneys who have, who are open to providing better kind of experience to clients and also just a better client, a better experience as a lawyer, right? Not chasing clients for billables, um, not feeling like you're living your life in, in six second increments. The folks who have 
talk to me about that and have implemented it in their firm, um, love it and really do see the difference and see the benefit to both the client and the attorney. But it is definitely a smaller group of folks. So we're trying to get the word out and why we created the pricing toolkit was to help attorneys have an actual practical tool they could use. Because if you just think, I don't want to use the billable hour, but what do I do? There's not a lot of resources out there. And so we put that together to be able to kind of fill that gap. Super interesting. I did not know about this tool. I didn't see it on your website. How do other attorneys learn about this other than just going to the website or listen to this? Yeah. So we have, uh, I have a business called A Different Practice that I co-founded with my business partner, Jessica Badnars. And we have the pricing toolkit there as well as other resources for solo and small firms looking to optimize their practice for growth and enjoyment. So we have a podcast, we have the toolkit, we have some engagement agreement templates that people can check out. So we really are trying to take what we know is working and sharing it with others so that they can implement it in their own practice. Is the coaching business? We do do offer consulting and coaching work. We do a lot of presentations. So we've done a lot of CLEs. We've talked to a lot of legal incubators across the country, different bar associations. So we do um, kind of present that way. And we often have a handful of folks who come up to us afterwards and say, hey, I'd really like to dig in more on my own practice. You know, can we consult with you? Can you help us individually? And we do offer that service. Very interesting. So if I was an attorney who decided to hire you for consulting, let's say after having worked with you for a year, what difference would it make in my business if, if you actually track their measurable outcomes? Yeah, so definitely using some data is helpful, which I think a lot of attorneys don't do. So we put that groundwork in to begin with. And we would say, you know, the difference is likely going to be a pretty, hopefully sizable increase in revenue, being able to attract more consumers in a market that I think a lot of attorneys are not hitting right now because they're just priced out. Most con legal consumers cannot afford traditional representation. So being able to build a business around serving that middle market will increase revenue. It reduces collection. We have for the attorneys who work with our program, a hundred percent collection rate. So they're not, they're not chasing clients for money. They're not calling about unpaid bills. Um, they're not, not living life in six minute increments. You know, they're really focusing on providing value, which is really what the consumer is buying, right? They don't buy our time, just like if we hire a, you know, plumber or a general contractor or any other service that we might engage with as consumers. We're typically not buying their time. We're buying whatever solution we need from them. So it allows the attorney to really focus on lawyering and the advocacy and the counseling that I think a lot of us got into this profession to do. Uh, it doesn't focus on time tracking and six minute increments and billing revenue that way. And it really just allows the attorneys to, to choose what type of work that they want to do. So in my practice, I do family law and estate planning and administration. And there's certain aspects of family law in particular that I don't love, like the really highly contested um, emotional battles that people will just drag each spouse through is not for me. And being able to price this way that's predictable and establish what the scope of work is going to be and offer a range of scope of work allows me to pick and choose the clients that I'm gonna work with 
and the type of work that I'm going to do with them, which really just makes the practice more enjoyable. Whereas I think a lot of attorneys who maybe work at a firm or just feel like they have to take anything that comes in the door because they don't know where the next case is going to come from, they kind of feel beholden to whatever gets shoved on their desk. And that's really just not a pleasant, I think, experience or a long-term uh, setup for someone who wants to do this, you know, to retirement and do this until they're done working. Uh, I think it burns a lot of attorneys out when they don't feel like they have control over their own practice. And this is one of the ways that we're giving them back that control. Very interesting. So I go to a number of conferences for attorneys every year. And in very private patients, many of them will admit that they're at a point where they hate what they do. Like, I've been doing this for 20 years. I freaking hate what I do. And sometimes I would hear only that are happy who are here, the estate planning attorneys. And then I talk to estate planning attorneys and they're like, I am not happy because I do probates. And I do trust litigation and I freaking hate that. I wish I could do estate planning and that's all, but there's not enough of that business. So I'm forced to do this and this and this and other random things that come across the desk because bills have to be paid. So what you're saying is very different because, and if you look at your website and you're very public about it, let me see, it's uh, mylifelawyer.com you can kind of understand exactly what you will do and everything else that's not here, you probably will not do. So if you go under pricing section, there are different practice areas and it actually gives you like a price list for everything that you do. And it's a fixed cost, which to me as a consumer is such a relief because, so because I am a business owner, I probably hire than consumers do, but when I do, I always ask them, what is this going to cost me? And I get to the point where I want to make sure that they're making money, but I want a cap on it. Unless it's litigation and knock on wood, I was never involved in litigation. We didn't, we did go through a settlement process a couple of years ago where we were attacked by someone and we hired one lawyer and they're like, you better not litigate this. This will cost you way more. You may win, but you will lose so much in the process of winning. And then we're like, ah, no. So we talked to another one. So we spent a bit of money. It was hourly, but for everything else, we're always like, like, just give us the cap. Like you've done this dozens or hundreds of times. Just give us the cap. You'll win. We, we don't mind overpaying a little bit, but just give, give us the cap that's reasonable for you and, and puts us at peace because we know if this thing is going to cost us six grand, cool. You may complete it and you might have billed us for four, but we'll just peace of mind. So such a refreshing approach and i especially appreciate it. i didn't understand that that by having the price list you actually spell out to your prospective clients exactly what you will not do which right. is probably even more important than spelling out exactly what you will do it's very interesting that most attorneys will probably never adopt this model although i hope that the marketplace changes because i think it's just like lawyers and doctors but with mm -hmm. doctors it's a little bit easier because there's a third-party pair like the insurance companies or whatever, Medicare or whatever else you have. But even there, like you want to know what your copay is going to be. And it drives me insane. Like my wife had a surgery a couple of months ago and I called before the surgery. I'm like, what's going to be my out of pocket? The insurance company doesn't know. Three providers, there's the surgeon, there's the surgery center, there's the anesthesiology group. And I'm like, how much? And they're like, Burr. how much? We'll let you know. <laughs> we'll let, like, what's it going to be? 
Like, like she needed the surgery, so we got it done, right? But it's always like for consumers, just so if you're Lauren listening to this, think about it. And here's a really important question so, your law firm clients, the lawyers who you have you work with, who adopt this model, what happens to their business, or more specifically, what happens to their close rate, that conversion rate? When let's say they get 10 prospects that they talk to before they adopt the model and 10 prospects that they talk to after they adopt the model. Does the close rate increase? And if it does, would you happen to know on average, what's that improvement? Yeah, the close rate definitely increases. From my own experience, I have found that, like you said, because it gives them certainty and peace of mind and they can actually make a decision versus, uh, I don't really know, I'll get back to you and think about it. And usually that doesn't actually convert. So for um, we work pred predominantly with attorneys and legal incubators. And so for them, we don't have, I haven't asked them, I don't know if, um, again, try attorneys are also notoriously bad at tracking this information. But for me, I would assume it's similar for them. My close rate is anywhere between 40 and 50%. So in general for businesses, I think that's pretty good. And it, I think it really has to do a lot of the times because I get the feedback from consumers who say, you know, I've talked to four different firms. You're the only one who gave me a price. I know what it's going to cost. You're really upfront about what you're going to do. I feel so much better after talking with you. And this is after maybe 10, 15 minutes on the phone with them. And then it's a pretty easy, I mean, I don't, I never feel like I'm selling. I don't feel like a sleazy car salesman. Like I just am telling them this is what my firm does, how we can help you. Here's the price. And so the conversion rate is pretty high for, because of that, I think that the pricing really does help people make that final decision because they have that information. Let's qualify this a little more. So when you say 40 to 50% close rate on the leads, how do you get those leads? So I predominantly get them either through my website, through Google. So my in my past life, I was in the web development space. So I was able to set my website up where SEO was really good. So I do rely on that. And then I've been doing a lot of videos. I think that's where marketing is going. I think that's where consumers are going. And they want to be able to know because there's a ton of options. I mean, I'm in family law in particular, estate planning, like there's a dime a dozen of us, um, even in my geographic region. And so I think consumers are trying to see you know, who do I vibe with? Who seems like they know what they're talking about? Who's taking a similar approach? So I've been doing a ton of videos, so both on YouTube and TikTok, and I've been getting a huge influx of new leads that way. And those are even easier to sell because they feel like they already know me because they've seen a video and hear how I talk and see my mannerisms and understand how I explain things. Um, and so certainly when those folks call and then they hear, oh, and the cost is fixed fee and I know what it's going to be, you know, I put those pieces in place so that the, you know, quote unquote sales process is pretty straightforward and doesn't require a lot of effort from me i'm curious you said you produce a ton of videos how many is a ton like how many videos do you post on youtube how many videos do you post on tiktok on a weekly basis or monthly basis yeah so my goal is to post three to five a week on and mostly on tiktok and then i've been really doing more of like the reels, the shorts, like every kind of platform calls it something different, but then also putting those, you know, using the content and putting them on the different platforms. And then I haven't done it recently, but I was doing last year, once a month, more of a long form video where I would just pick a 
subset of a topic. So, you know, something like estate planning, maybe like what's a will, what should kind of generally be in it? What's a trust? You know, how does probate work? And then do a kind of long form, maybe 40 minutes to an hour long video, just sort of answering common questions about that. So um, kind of doing a mix, but more of the short form uh, recently, because I just think that that's where a lot of the search engines and certainly social media platforms are promoting and pushing. So trying to lean into what they're doing anyway. Good for you. So SEO and a lot of video content production and posting across two social media platforms. Let's really dig into the numbers. And here with these numbers, we're going to be able to explain just how powerful your approach to pricing is. So your close rate is 40 to 50% on leads that come to you, not through referrals. Right. They find you online on one of those platforms. What if you don't mind telling us, what is an average case value or client value to the firm? Uh, it's about 2500 to $3,000. God, let's use the lower of the two numbers and let's really like expand on this. My firm does digital marketing. We know statistically that the close rate on internet leads, whether they come through YouTube or social media or SEO or pay-per-click or LSAs, 20 to 25%. Your close rate is double that. If you're watching this, please understand the power of what Lauren has done. She needs to talk to half as many people to get as much business as you would with your pricing model. If she talks to the same number of people as you do, she's going to get twice the number of clients. Probably easier. So practice, especially very transactional type of law. You do anything else where you kind of already know how much it's going to cost them, not putting that number on your website, not being transparent about it, costs you about half of the business. Mm. Half. Like if you were to say, like, I am going to make X number of dollars and then I'll retire. Well, it can take you half the number of years. Instead of 20 years, it can take you 10 years. It's a very simple mind shift. But you have to just understand just how powerful, very simple in reality, very simple tactic is. It's not even a strategy. It's just a tactic. I am going to be transparent. I am not going to be transparent. The choice is yours. You have to work twice as hard, do twice as many cases, or talk to twice as many prospects. In turn, spend probably twice as much money on marketing to get twice as many leads, to get the same result as Lauren does with her very transparent. It, Here's the thing. Whenever we get asked, like, why are you better? My, my marketing firm, why are you better than everybody else? I'm like, as everybody else who follows best practices and SEO, PPC, and LSAs, because search marketing is what we do. What, where we are substantially better is like, we are incredibly transparent and accountable to our clients. That's sorely lacking from the industry. And you do the same thing with your clients where transparency is, it's in your face before you hire me, which is, Brilliant. No, thank you. <laughs> really just looking at other companies, you know, like you said, you're in the digital marketing space. I mean, I really came from a business background. And so I looked around in the legal profession and found a pretty similar homogenous approach. And like I said, I didn't think I could be a consumer of it. And so then I went, okay, well, what are some of the best businesses in the world doing? And whatever you might think of, 
Amazon and Starbucks and Apple and, you know, these huge companies, they obviously got huge in the beginning doing something right. And so I really looked at, okay, what are they doing? You know, Amazon's, um, you know, one click to buy, like, how can I take the most tension out of the sales process? I mean, just little things like that and being able to then apply them in the legal profession with all of our ethics and all of the requirements that we have, that really is. So I'm I'm so glad it's working. I'm glad to share my story to hopefully inspire others. But I do also want to say I'm not any sort of brilliant genius marketing person. It's really just kind of being open to doing something differently. And then also, I think, open to thinking more like a business person, like an entrepreneur, than always being stuck with the lawyer hat on. Um, and just that simple change can really make a huge difference. Yeah, I am with you 100%. What I find is the difference between an incredibly successful law firm owner is however you define your success, there are really like two things. Thing number one is business acumen, which is sorely lagging from most of the industry because most lawyers, they go into law school thinking, you know, I'm going to be an awesome lawyer. And because I'm going to be an awesome lawyer, I'm going to be a very successful lawyer. And it's not the case, unfortunately. I, I speak one-on-one, -on -one, 150, 200, 250 attorneys every year. Like today, I'm going to have four conversations, one-on-one. -on -one. And it's just statistically, I found it to be true. So first, if you want to become very successful, you have to develop business acumen. There's no way around it. If you own your own law firm, no one is going to develop it for you. You have to do it. Put in the time, read books, watch webinars, go to seminars, learn business, not legal business, learn business. Same foundational principle. Something thing is having the predictable revenue engine and intake or sales as everybody and why lawyers decided to go with offensive intake, but okay. So marketing and sales engine, just having that thing work for you day in, day out. Law firms, however, it's defined because for everyone it's different. Like you mentioned, for somebody thousand right. dollars could be a lot of money, for another person it could be a million or a hundred thousand dollars. For lawyers, you can be incredibly successful making hundred thousand dollars, or you can feel incredibly not successful making million dollars a year. I've seen it right. So it really depends on your definition, but this is super powerful. So for lawyers, and I'm putting in the plot here because I love everything that you said so much. There is a different practice. There's a podcast there and a number of resources, starting with the pricing toolkit. I'm looking at my other monitor right now, and I'm just looking at the website. Go check it out. You might learn something that will revolutionize your business, like help you get twice as much business or help you work half the time, make the same money. Mm. Check it out. That uh, sounds nice. How else can we find you? Yeah, because it's right. Sometimes it doesn't take major change, right? It right. could be a small tweak. And all of a sudden, you're like, I wish I was doing it this way for the last 20 years, but I just learned. Right. What's the famous saying? If only I knew everything then that I know now, life. So other than a different practice.com, where else can they find you? Uh, connect on LinkedIn. So I'm Lauren Lester. You should be able to find me. Um, I think my handle is uh, affordable attorney. So you can find me there as well. And then, like I said, I'm on TikTok. So if you want to see what producing videos looks like, I am, it's literally me and my phone. I am not, do not have a professional setup at all, but hopefully again, it just gives you some inspiration to try it out. And again, my handle is affordable attorney 
on there. And yeah, LinkedIn and, and um, TikTok are pretty good. Let me just double check now that I've said that, that I actually gave the right one. Sorry, it's affordable lawyer. I always get them confused. The consumer says lawyer, we say attorney. So I always have to remember. So yes, affordable lawyer is my handle. So please connect on either of those. Awesome. Lauren, it was great. Thank you so much for sharing your business acumen and your business insights. Terrific stuff. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Grow Law Firm podcast. If you liked the ideas shared in this episode, help a fellow lawyer out by sharing a link to the episode. This episode is powered by the team of experts in client attraction, growlawfirm.com. Do you want a complimentary growth plan for your law firm? Request it at growlawfirm.com slash blueprint.